Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Living is Christ. Living is Christ. Uh, we're, we're basing this out of Philippians 1, uh, 20 through 27 primarily. Um, we're, we're talking about the life that we're called to have in Christ, full and abundant now and forever. Um, we, we, I want to take time to talk about characteristics of that life because we have a very real enemy who tries to steal that life away. That's his stated mission. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to take that life from you that Jesus wants you to have. And so I think if we take time and look at it and understand what this life is supposed to be like in Christ, um, we, can, uh, we can live it more fully and we can enjoy it, which is what he wants us to do. So we've talked about uh, quite a few different aspects already, you know, dealing with shame, and we talked about lives of purpose and the balance of a life of purpose and a longing for heaven. Last week, uh, we talked about our progress uh, in joy and the faith and what that looked like. This week, I want to talk about living in the overflow, living in the overflow. So we're going to hop in there in a minute. That's the intro transition, always a bad joke or thought or something. Anyway, I've been spending a little time in the dictionary, found some new words that I thought you might like. New words. Chairdrobe. Chairdrobe. That's when you pile clothes on a chair in place of a closet or a dresser. In case you didn't know, there's an actual name for that. It's chairdrobe. Wasn't great, but it was new. Here's a good one. Epiphanot. Epiphanot. That's an idea that seems like an amazing insight to the one that has it, but it's really pointless, mundane, stupid, or incorrect. That's an epiphanot. Nothing? Okay. This one you're going to like because I like this one. Textpectation. Textpectation. The anticipation felt when waiting for a response to a text. Isn't there? It's a, there's a name for that now. Makes me crazy when I got them three dots staring at me, and I know they've got it, and they're, they've got like me on hold, right? Now you have a name for it. This is expectation. Nothing? Last one. Now, now you're happy. Unkeyboardinated. Unkeyboardinated. That's when you're unable to type on a keyboard without repeatedly making mistakes. I am unkeyboardinated. I don't know about you. And I hate autocorrect because that makes it worse. And never. That's all I had for that. So, <laughs> scripture reading. <laughs> you're on purpose. Expectation, really? Nothing? Philippians 1, 20 through 27. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, and then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one, uh, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to focus in today on Philippians 1.26. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. That could be translated that your confidence in Christ Jesus 
will overflow. That there's a life that you're called to in Christ will, will actually begin to flow out of you in a significant way. The relationship that we have in Christ and with Christ will cause us to overflow into the world around us. And, and it's that understanding of, of this overflow that we wanna, I want to talk with you about today. See, the reality is that the love of Christ is so vast that it has to spill out of heaven. It overflows out of heaven. And we've been called to live in the overflow of Christ's amazing divine love. And this overflow, His love flows into us and we're to understand it and receive it and it should spill out of us as well into the world around us. And see, everything of consequence uh, in this universe really flows out and from the universe, uh, from the overflow of Christ's love. When we will live in this overflow, it changes our lives. It changes our behavior. It changes who we are. It changes how we treat others. Because we, we begin to stand in and understand and live in this amazing love that Christ has for us. And our relationship with Him just begins to flourish. And our confidence in Him uh, just, just begins to rise up. And all of this flows out of us into the world around us. But it's this love that we're living in that's flowing out of heaven into us in Christ. And see, as believers, we're either going to live a life um, from a, a loving relationship with God that spills into all our other relationships or we're going to live life on empty and we'll have nothing to offer those around us. See, so we have to get a hold of this idea of living in this overflow and, and the, this overflow that Paul talks about in our relationship with Jesus begins to flow out of us. So, so we have to be people that live in this overflow in Christ and allow it to flow through us into the people around us. And so this is one of those places where we find life. So how do we do that? How do we um, live life out of the overflow of our relationship with God? I want to look at 1 John 4, 7 through 10, and then we're going to touch a few points in there for our message. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I, I believe this passage really um, sort of tells us three things that, that, uh, that need to happen for us to live in this overflow um, and experience it and allow it to flow through us. And so the first thing... Um, first point in your notes is that we have to love one another. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Um, the idea behind the word there, in loving one another, it, it's the idea is that it, uh, what John is trying to say is that we're to do that in such a way that it becomes our habit. Um, the, the love here is an action, and John is urging us to keep on loving others so that it becomes a normal practice in our lives, that this becomes the way that we operate in the world around us. We, we, we're standing in, we're experiencing the love of God in a significant enough way that it's flowing through us, and it's impacting the way that we begin to relate to people, especially to one another. And this idea of loving one another and, and, and this idea of the whole idea of the one another thing runs throughout the New Testament. In fact, in the New Testament... 
there are over 50 one another verses. And, and they sort of give practical ideas for what loving one another looks like. Uh, and they run throughout the New Testament. Obviously, we can't cover them all today, but it's a great little study. If you ever want to take some time, just Google one another verses and watch them come up and see what's happening in the New Testament. Um, we're told to forgive one another. We're told to encourage one another. Uh, we're told to serve one another, to honor one another, to be devoted to one another. Um, the, 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 like all these one another's really are they're on the topic of how we're going to love one another well. And so this needs to become a part, really a big part of who we are, that um, this, this love of God that flows through us begins to impact the world around us. We remember, I touched on this last week, this love, it's patient and it's, it's kind. Remember, we looked at the First Corinthians verses uh, 13 about all the things that love is. You know, it doesn't get easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Uh, these are all sort of the ideas of, of love, you know, running through us. And it's to impact uh, in the way that we relate to the world around us and that it should become a habit. I, I say this all the time. The, the church, you know, the, the church should be known as the most loving place in the universe. That should be our reputation. When it's not, it means we're not doing it right. And unfortunately, I don't think the church has kind of got that reputation at the moment. We've we lost sight of what it really meant to love well and what it was all about and what our mission was and what we were called to and, and somehow we, we shifted away. We talked about this from, from being witnesses, which we're called to, to being judges, which we weren't called to. And, and being a witness is a very loving thing. Being a judge is not. And so we, we've, we've lost the, that concept. And so we have to get it back. And then we have to be people that demonstrate it over time. You know, most things are changed being demonstrated over time. And so the, the church needs to get it and love well and love people well. We need to love one another well. We need to love the world around us well. We need to be operating in this love of God so that it ripples out and has this impact on the world around us. The, the, the world's desperate for that kind of love. It's, it's what's missing. People don't experience it. And so they, they fill it with things that don't work. And it's, um, it's causing major issues everywhere in all sorts of ways. So, so we have to love one another. Now, in order to do that well, second thing we have to do is we have to connect with God. You can't do that well apart from Him. Uh, it goes on in 1 John 4, 7, the end of it, in verse 8, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So this biblical idea of loving others, it's only possible when we're tapped into God's infinite source of love, when we're, when we're experiencing, when we're living in this overflow. And um, the, the, the word there where it says, you know, that are born of God, it means people that are in a close relationship with God like that of a father and a child. Uh, and, and it's this very close parent-child type relationship. And so our ability to love God, our love for Him, um, places us in a, in a relation to His ability to love us as His child. So, so when we're, we're involved in this sort of love, we're on the same page with God. When we don't, our capacity to know Him is hindered since His very nature is, is love. God is love. You know, he's, it's, our Scripture told us that. And so um, when we connect with God, He positions us to be used by Him in ways that we wouldn't normally be used if we were just relying on our own strength. Um, we, we can't love 
the way that we really need to in the world if we're just trying to muster it up on our own. It has to come out of a connection with God. God is our, he's our unlimited source of love. And the thing about God is, see, his love tank never runs low. Ours might and often does. But, but we, have a, we have the ability to continually connect with him on a, on a deeper and deeper level. And, and this puts us in a, in a position to connect with people on a deeper and deeper level. See, the, the more we're connected to Him, the more we know Him, the more love we're experiencing from Him, the more we're walking in His grace and mercy uh, and understand what He's done for us, the more that's happening, the more that will flow out of us into the world around us. But it has to be a part of who we are. We can't have just sort of get a hold of this journey and, and not continue to press in and press on in the Lord. And so we, we have to connect with God. How do we connect with God? It's, it's um, how do you build any relationship that matters to you? It's about time, uh, and, and it's about consistency, and it's, uh, it's about making it a priority in our lives. And, and this is so important that we understand not only, because I think I can tell people, and, and, and I think, you know, we would all say, yeah, I get that God loves me. But what does that, you know, what does that really mean? Do you, are you taking that and then are you connecting him with him in a way that, that this is sort of a constant thing in your life, that, that, that he's, he's there? And so, you know, what do we do? Are you, are you spending time um, just before him in prayer? Are you, are you making time for his word, this amazing love letter to us? You know, I, I think about that all the time. There's so many different ways to describe the Bible. I know I, I had this going the other week, uh, and, I, and um, I, it's amazing. It's his word to us. And I, I know I talked about it being alive and everything, but the other way I like to look at it, it's, a, it's this giant love letter he wrote to us. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, here it is for you, dear, dear, dear Murray. Here's, and here's how much I love you. And, and there's, there's so much in here and so many things that he wants for us and his, his hope for us and his dreams for us, the desire to be in relationship with us. Um, you know, showing us where the pitfalls are, showing how things went awry and how he brought them back and, and you know, what happened in the process and how amazing it is that, that you know, over these several thousand years, this thing exists for us. It's here for us today. It's, he kept it intact. In and, and yet we can so quickly sort of just go, yeah, well... Uh, I'm kind of busy, and it might. Um, and that's not a judgment. It's, I get it myself. It's mind-boggling to me how something like this can get secondary so quickly. But it does, and 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 I know it does because it's it's and it's one of the enemy's favorite tricks. He doesn't want the children of God reading this book, and so he gets us busy and preoccupied in other things. And so, so you know, it's another exhortation. If you're not reading it, start to read it. Make time for it in your life every day. It's got to become a priority because it's about connecting with God. Make time just to pray. Um, and, and, you know, that's another thing that gets stolen from us. It's so easy for that to go away. It doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't mean we don't love God. It, doesn't mean, it just it gets taken away from us because we, it's not holding the priority that it should have, this idea of connecting with God and how it impacts our entire life. And, and, and so we, we sort of move away from it. You know, we live in a, in a, in a place where for quite a while now, um, it's like many people sort of go, well, I'm doing just fine. Because I, I, so I, so prayer sort of slips off the burners a little bit. 
When you go to many places around the world um, and you're with other believers, their prayer lives are, are so much deeper than ours, it's shocking, and it's because they have to be. Um, you know, when I would travel and we were planting churches in Cuba and we were there that often, the, they would come and they would just, they would get there hours before anything happened and start to pray. They'd be sitting in the pews, kneeling, praying. Um, and, and, it, that would, and that was just a part of their deal. And, you know, the, the reality for them was they didn't know what was coming next. You know, most of us, if we're, if we're, most of us sort of have an idea where the next meal is coming from or maybe there's, you know, there's hope or there's, you know, there's, there's something going on. That's most of us. And so it doesn't, be, when we were there, when I was there, that, they didn't have that. There wasn't the next day's food sitting in the fridge somewhere. They had to pray it in. And so they, they pray, you know, Lord, I need our daily bread today. And they just got serious with God, not only about themselves, but about everything. And so this, this idea, see, it was important. This connection with God sustained them. And you could tell these were, these were happy, loving people, even though they lived in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And it, it sprung out of this deep connection with God. So, it, it, you know, when that's maybe not the, the thing in our own lives, we need to make sure that we understand that that connection needs to take place for everything else. Or we're missing out on the life that we're called to. And we're, we're not, you know, taking the, we're not being a, experiencing this amazing life that we can have in Christ. We get so busy and, and we get caught up in so many other things that it's, you know, we're in and we get that, but we're not experiencing the type of life that we can experience. Too many people are missing it. They're so bound up in the stuff of the world and in the anxieties of the world and the, that they're missing it. And most of it, a lot of it has to do with just make, not making this connection important and, and taking time for it and putting everything else aside, just getting quiet. You know, spend some time in the Word and just sit quiet. Quiet is so hard for so many people. We're not used to being quiet. We don't, we, we fill the, vo- the void. Quiet. We have car, everything is noise. I need noise. I need the radio on the car. You ever get, boom, I need noise. because Let it just be quiet sometimes. Hang out with God. And He's, he's amazing in the way that He relates to us. And He will. Um, and so make sure that you're doing it. And that changes the way that you relate in the world around us. So um, in order to live in this old overflow, we have to love one another. It has to become our habit, um, which comes from a connection with God that we're constantly developing and making a priority in our lives. And then thirdly, we need to be contemplating, thinking about all the time the depths of God's love for us. Uh, this needs to be sort of up there in this whole process. You know, we, we're, we're thinking about this amazing love that God has for us. Look at how it comes out in 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, verse 9, it's, it's we see God showed His love to us in a visible way by sending His Son into the world. Jesus was a visible demonstration of the love of God for you. And, and so um, his, his life, His ministry, His death, His resurrection, and all that it means, 
Um, all of these were visible things that God gave us so that we would know His amazing love for us. He demonstrated. He was visible. It's not just something that we talk about. It, it's not abstract. He, he showed us, is what that word said. He showed us in Christ how much He loves us. You have a, a picture, a real demonstrated um, person who demonstrates this love of God and His willingness to, to just go all the way for you. To, to, when, that whole idea needs to just be something that you never sort of lose sight of. You're constantly running through your brain. You mattered that much to God. You were so valuable to God. God loved you so much that He came for you, paid the price for your sin, lived for you, defeated death, rose again, sent the Holy Spirit for you, and is, is making everything happen for you so that you will be together with Him forever. And that you have to never sort of lose sight of that. That happens in connection at some level, but you know, my hope would be that that idea would just hit you throughout the day. That, that it's point in times of day, you would just sort of get a wave of, wow, he loves me so much. Look what he did for me. And he did it for me. You need to take it and make it personal. He did it for you. He would have done it just for you. He did it for everybody. He would have done it just for you. You matter that much to him. And so th this, this idea is something, you know, it has to be, it has to resonate with us all the time. The, the depths of His love for us and that, that He made it visible. It's not an abstract thing. It's a real thing shown to us in Christ. And it's also important that you remember, you know, why He did it. The second half of verse 9 says that we might live through Him. That we'll find our lives in Christ, through Christ, now and forever, full and abundant. So full and abundant that it actually overflows into the world around us. And that's when it all starts to kind of happen. That this love just sort of amps up in you to the point where it's, it's just pouring out of you into the world around us. And it impacts people in a way and, and where they need to be impacted. So uh, that's the idea of, of living in this overflow, this, this amazing love of God that, that's so vast. It, it spills out of heaven and that we get it and we... we we allow it to become a part of who we are and we, we live in this overflow and this overflow then changes us and impacts people around us for him. And so allow that to be something that you think about this week and uh, again, make time to hang out with him, to connect with him, to, to make it a priority in your life. It's one of the things you've got to really just dig into and do. But I want to encourage you, make it a priority. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, do something. If you're not doing anything, that's a start. And get it there and and then think through those things, and uh, it will impact you, and through you, it will impact the world around us for Him. That's all I had to say about that today. If you're watching by video, thank you for doing that, or on the webcast. Love for you to come and visit. If you need prayer, you go to the prayer page. We will pray for you. Hope to see you soon.